I just feel so lonely. I wonder if she's ever going to text, text me back. So much. Why am I so anxious all the time? What should I have for dinner today? I'm so worried just about breathe. that job interview. Just breathe. I really should work out today. I just can't catch a break. Would you love me? Just if try to really relax. Me? I can't just keep breathe. doing this. Just breathe. I just, I just feel so lonely. I'm so worried about that. Why am I so anxious? I wonder if she's ever going to breathe. you up there, Noah. I'm pretty sure that's how Ananias popped out of bed on that particular day. You see, it had been a rough few weeks for uh, the early church. There was a particular Pharisee who had the bit between the teeth and he was fire-breathing murderous threats against men and women of the way. He was doing more than just threats. He was actively looking for authority to round up any follower and to throw them into prison. But that wasn't gonna get Ananias down. No, you just heard Ananias was gonna have a, gonna have a, gonna have a, gonna have a good day. So that morning he woke up early and he was in his devotionals. He had Maverick City worship turned on. He was even gonna post on social media the good news that he learned that morning until the thing happened that we all kind of want, but maybe not really happened. He heard the clear, audible voice of God call his name. Yes, Lord, he responded. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias uh, come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. I wonder how fast that soundtrack turned into. amazing how fast your mind can switch gears, especially to the negative. Now, let's be real. This ability to sense danger and switch to defense can be a helpful biological reality. And Ananias's antenna was absolutely up. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. We're in this story. And the thing that we have to recognize is that we all have mental loops and songs um, that run automatically in our mind. And some are good and helpful and others can be like neurological ruts that keep us stuck in place and keep us from experiencing the freedom of grace that is found in the kingdom of God. That is the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that everyone can experience the freedom of grace in the kingdom of God. And it was the man on straight streets turn to experience that. The question was, would Ananias be able to turn off the imperial death march in his mind and obey the voice of the vision? 
But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, to their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Maybe the thing you missed in that little section was the Gentiles, their kings, and the people. That was the whole known world at that cultural place in time. And speaking of time, that's a really hard thing for you and I to understand sometimes when we read the biblical text. Like did Ananias have time to switch his Spotify account to fear is not my future before going to Straight Street? Did he scroll through his Torah memory verses to Genesis 12, three, all the peoples on earth will be blessed by you. That was a Torah scroll joke for some of you. And did he troll Saul Saul by posting on the internet this meme, a people walking in darkness have seen a great light. I don't know the timeline. I'm learning the culture, but I can definitely empathize with the experience of Ananias, the tension that he felt, worry about the future, memory of Saul's life, and the way that he persecuted the church. Guys, that's the same story for you and I. Our thoughts, the things that happen in here can be our worst enemy, keeping us from taking action on what God has for us. Whether consciously or not, we all curate stories about the world we experience and then our place in it. You guys have a soundtrack about your career or potential careers. You guys have loops that run about every single relationship in your life. Some of them sit right next to you. And you all have a soundtrack about your hopes, your dreams, and your beliefs about the future. So my name is Josh and I love to teach college kids and oftentimes I take breaks in my sermon. You remember that from last time. Always, I'm always surprised they invite me back too. I can see the shock on your face. So why don't I put a screen, a question on the screen and then you guys can talk about it for a little bit. What soundtrack or anthem is playing in this season of your life? If you had to think back for a chunk of time, what song has been going in your mind and then how would you rate it on an emotional scale? One would be a low or a negative emotion, a five would be a positive or high emotion, three is about neutral. In a couple seconds, I'll come back and you guys can respond digitally. That means like this, ready, go. All right, so I'm curious, uh, curious what the, the emotional tone of the anthem or the loop or the soundtrack in this season of your life looks like. You guys prepare, I'm coming to you last, but I'm gonna start over here and then they're just gonna flash their fingers up. And so you're gonna get, uh, you're gonna understand how to do it. Watch this, ready, go. Lots, good, threes, fours, twos, love it. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, wow. Okay, good. Up top, I see you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Both soundtracks are going. Good. That's so good. I appreciate it. Uh, we're in a series called Headspace. And my topic for the morning is to rewire our minds. Uh, by the end of this little rant, I'm hoping to hand you three questions that you can apply practically to break any stuckness that you find inside your head, uh, just like T-Pain taught us. I love that part when he does that. All right, so for those of you who are grandparents in the room, grab your phone and then text your grandkids right now and say, my friend Josh brought T-Pain to church. You should come sit by me. Okay, so do that and they'll be all excited and you'll be the coolest grandmother. All right, so call it a loop, a rut, a soundtrack, overthinking or a negative thought. Here we go. We're gonna spin to the hard part, ready? Your brain's ability to tell negative stories doesn't require any work from you. Think about the last time that you were insecure, had doubt, or were scared of something. Did you have to consciously choose that? The answer is no, because Sean told us why last week. In John 8, he told us that the devil is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. First Peter 5, 8 says the devil roams the earth seeking for someone to devour. And here's the crazy thing in prepping for this sermon, the science now proves the spirituality. Science proves the spirituality. Your mind deepens its negative neural grooves in three primary ways. Here they come. Your brain lies about your memories. Your brain lies about your memories. You have trouble telling the difference between trauma and drugs. That's right. Your brain is your favorite dealer. I'm going to prove this to you guys with a little story. Uh, for everybody except that clump and that clump, where were you whenever the Twin Towers fell? That's an old person joke. For everybody else, where were you whenever the Twin Towers fell? I was in Brisbane, Australia, trying out for Baywatch. I would pop out of the waves and I would snap my luscious hair back and the spray would get caught in the sunlight as it went backwards. I'd begin to run slow motion across the sand with the hoff. And that night when I went home to my apartment, flipped on the television and nursed my sunburns, I thought I was watching the most realistic TV show I had ever seen. That was the moment that the second plane rocked straight into the tower and I began to play a loop inside my mind. How would I get home in four weeks? Cool story, Josh. <laughs> I don't believe half of that, but that's okay. William Hurst is a researcher who did a 10 year study into the memories of people from 9-11. What he found was that 60% of the memories changed over time, but the confidence that the people exhibited in those memories didn't. Your, your memories changed, but your confidence in telling the stories didn't, which means my David Hasselhoff reference may not have happened. I don't know that. There is nothing you tell more in your head than a negative loop. Have you ever been honked at? 
dumped, divorced, yelled at? Have you ever missed a flight, a meeting, or forgotten to text Clay Eason back? That joke absolutely rocked during the 930, except that Clay wasn't here. And so I'd like everybody to text Clay if you have him, because I set it up for him and then he wasn't there. This might seem insignificant in the grand scheme of things, forgetting to text Clay back versus 9-11, except you remember the second idea about trauma. Our brains don't do a good job distinguishing between real trauma and fake. Here comes some more science. The University of Michigan did a study where they measured social rejection and your brain's response when being socially rejected. What they found is that the participants who raised their hand and got paid money to do the fake social rejection study had the exact same neurotoxins dumped in their brain as whenever physical trauma happened. Fake social rejection and actual trauma, exact same brave wavelengths. Which means this, whenever one of my four daughters has a hard day at school and she comes home to tell me, oh, dad, so-and-so cut me off at the water fountain line. I didn't have my turn on the swing set and I was supposed to go first, but I didn't get to. The inappropriate response is rub some dirt in it, honey, which is what I don't say because I am a good dad. But what I also understand is that my daughter's experience of life, while seeming insignificant, her brain is putting chemicals into her world and she's experiencing it just like a real physical trauma. Social trauma and physical trauma to your brain, they, they respond the exact same way, which leads us to this final idea and this will all bring it home for you guys. Your brain likes to believe what it already be thinks is true. Your brain likes to believe what it already thinks it's true. Here's a story. If you think that you're the most disorganized mom in the world and you showed up three minutes late to parent pickup, then that your mind is, is confirming the thought you already had about yourself. Even if that day you planned dinner, put in a click list, had quiet time, worked at a job potentially, and carpooled for the coming weekend. That sounds like heroism to somebody like me, but in her mind, late again. Will I ever get my life together? That's called cognitive bias. So here's a chance for you guys to talk again. Um, can you identify some of your negative neural loops? Whenever you don't have to work at the critical voice in your brain, what do you hear sometimes? Do you hear entitlement or regret, fear or blame, resignation? Those are just starting points. Would you take a little bit of time, turn to someone beside you and say, man, when I'm quiet and I listen to the loops and they're negative, I usually hear this particular theme. I'll call you back with an amazing sound clip. You'll know when it's rolling.
You remember that guy who was fire-breathing murderous threats? I can't play music. I can barely clap on rhythm, but I can find sound clips. You better believe that. I'm so good at it. So that dude is now sitting blind in, on Straight Street, and he's waiting on Ananias to show up. Now, here's the thing. That guy is named Saul. He is soon to be Paul, and he is going to get credit for writing most of the letters in the New Testament and the boom of the early church planting in the first century. Now, if you take time to read those letters or see the history in the book of Acts, what you're going to find is that Saul was baptized and immediately began the work of his new ministry. Saul stepped immediately into the action space of this new vision on his life. Now, as you can tell, I look at scripture in maybe a unique way from some of you. And so I had a lot of fun writing out this next portion. So lock in. So Saul has been fire breathing murderous threats. He's just gotten baptized and he is about to head into the synagogue. So here it is Saturday. All the devout Jews are there. Saul is going to blow the door open and he's going to stand silhouetted in the doorway, light behind him and this menacing figure. And all of the Jews in that moment, who are the early church Christian followers, they're going to be like, Saul. Uh, in my notes, it says, heck no. Okay, so let's look at the text. Acts 9, 19. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and said, isn't this the dude that used to wreak havoc on us? Guys, I, I read that story as I, was, as I was praying and preparing this, and I began to empathize with Saul. Can you imagine the chatter that was happening in the circles around him? Because he knew who he was, and then he was learning who he is, and in between there, he heard people. So the good news is that Saul battled his negative neural loops on paper for you and I to read. We're going to switch over to Romans 7, and we're going to look inside Paul's head. For what I want to do, I do not do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but I hate what I do. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to to death. Paul is giving us a peek into the way that he sees the world. And thankfully, that's verse 24, because 25 comes next. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. When? Now. No condemnation for those who are in Christ. Once again, if you haven't heard it, let me give you the clarity of the good news of the kingdom of God. Through Jesus, you have freedom to do 
to live and, and move in the world in the way that you cannot. He lives sinlessly and sacrificially. But this whole series is called Rewire in our headspace. And so there is something uniquely that you can do. You can change your mind in the same way that your brain or that your arm can do the robot that did not naturally do that. I am telling it to do that right now. I can stop it too, see? I told it to do that. You can do the same thing with your brain. We know this, not another science spasm. It's the last one, hang on. Science says this, that you and I, in, with neuroplasticity, we can physically change our brains by changing our thoughts. The patterns and the grooves that are in your mind, you can physically alter by changing your mind, which means the solution to the soundtracks that play in your head is not to stop overthinking, it's to think more about the right and correct thing. So here are some simple questions to ask yourself if you ever feel stuck inside your head. Number one, is the thing I'm hearing or thinking true? Don't make the mistake of assuming that the things you think are true. That is the starting point for changing the loops inside your head. Second question, is it helpful? See, the grooves in your mind are deep, which is why we have to ask this question. Is the soundtrack or the loop or the rut that you're hearing right now, is it helpful? Does it move you forward or keep you stuck? The third question, is the thing I'm hearing kind? You see, loops in your brain are tricky. Sometimes they'll try to tell you that it is self-discipline or tough love because you've been believing some of these loops about your future and who you are in the world for years. But we already know that words that don't spread truth are lies. And we know where lies and accusations come from. So here's the bonus time. Uh, would you say whatever the loop is in your mind, would you say it to a friend? So remember that disorganized mom from earlier. Well, it turns out she teaches seventh grade. She really loves well two children that have my exact genetic code minus the Y. Uh, please pray for her. And, uh, and here's the reality. If I would strive to never harm my wife with my words, then why would I allow myself to hear those exact same tunes? Here are the three questions. Are the things that I'm hearing true? Are the things I'm hearing helpful? Are they kind? And would I speak them out loud to someone else? Paul closes in Romans 8, 5, and 6. These are key verses for the morning. He closes with an incredible future, an invitation to rest in grace as you begin the patient practice of rewiring your mind. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. Because if you start on the flesh, you'll end up in death. But to set your mind on the spirit is life. Guys, but there's something even more beautiful in life than just life, and that is peace. And it only comes from the clarity of the kingdom. Rewiring your mind is a patient practice and it's not a singular event. 
Do not fool yourself to think we're going to switch it on or switch it off. We're going to consistently have life with peace as we set our mind on the things of God. There are some days that you won't hear the lies, loops, or soundtracks that you feel stuck in. And there'll be other days where a song creeps into your mind and tells you who you are in the world that is an accusation, a lie, or an untruth. At that point, you have an identity to remember and a hope in Jesus. Let's pray. God, when we open your word, they are words, they are, they are words of life. Um, I pray for an active spirit in this room, God, that you, you take the story of scripture and the work of Jesus, God, and now your spirit that moves among us and within us, and you do the patient, quiet, gentle work of transforming who we are. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.